tuning in to the How's Things, the podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library, recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm Allie Stevick. I'm Nick Gunning, and today we're joined by special guest author Dylan Newton. Dylan, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Nick and Allie. I'm so excited to be here. It's always my favorite thing to do, to do this podcast and be in this library, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, today, I don't know if I would agree with you because it is very, very hot in here. It's so <laughs> it's hot. It's aggressively hot in here. The last time Dylan was here, Allie, we were going through our, our list of favorite rom-coms, mm. which was always a good time. Do you, what's, what's your go-to rom-com? Are we talking books or movies? Movies. Mm. Okay, movies. See, I'm putting it on the spot. <laughs> well, I do have quite a few rom-com movies that I okay. like. I haven't read as many books. I'm not quite sure why. Okay. But I really like You've Got Mail. Yeah, that was mine. Mm-hmm. That was one, that was one Meg of mine. Ryan, yeah. you know, it's great. You can't Always go wrong. Always a good one. Yeah, Always Sleepless a good one. in Seattle, Joe versus a Volcano. I love all the Meg Oh, Ryan Joe versus, versus the Volcano. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, Dylan's here today because she's got a new book out, All Fired Up, and she's going to be here in the auditorium on July 13th, so come on down 6 o'clock. I hear there's giveaways, Dylan. Is that true? There is. I'm okay. very uh, I'm very that person who likes <laughs> giveaways. I, I enjoy giving them. I like giving things away. We're going to have um, some custom uh, hot air balloon cookies Ooh. from Sugary Crumbs, a local baker here, okay. and also some other giveaways that are from my publisher and myself, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. Who doesn't love swag? Everybody. Everybody wants to walk away with a gift Absolutely. bag. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's first open up our books, see where our bookmarks are at. Allie, what have you been reading? Okay. So I just finished a book called Study in Charlotte by Brittany oh. Cavallaro. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's a YA like Sherlock Holmes spin. Right. right? Yeah. And... My thing is I'm like, anytime there's a spin of something, especially if it like takes an old story and is like, yeah. let's give it a female protagonist. I'm like, I'm so here for mm-hmm. it. Let's read it. So I thought it was a lot of fun. There's a whole series. So I have like three or four more books ahead of me, yeah. which is great. I love when you start a series like that. That's always so much oh, yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, because sometimes you start a series and you're like, this is so much commitment. Do I really want to <laughs> do this? Mm-hmm. But like if it's like not a huge series and the first one is really good, then you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Now I don't have to figure out, you know, like the next things I need to read. Right. I can just grab the next one off so the wait, shelf. So wait, are you still, speaking of series, you've been on a Louise Penny kick. Are you still reading Louise Penny or are you okay, taking so a break? Okay, so here's the thing. Okay. I've been listening to all the audiobooks of the Louise Penny books, oh, which yeah. are very well done. Mm-hmm. However, everyone in the Starcat system agrees with me oh, because the they're constantly. Yeah. So I've been on hold for the next one for, I want to say over a month yeah. now. And I'm getting to the point where I'm like, maybe I just need to break down and gasp, actually read the physical book. Yeah. Mm. We'll see. We'll see how desperate it gets. You got a CD player? You could, you could play it on a CD player. That's a good point. I do actually have a CD player. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I will do that. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. But study in Charlotte. Yes. Two thumbs up so far. I thought it was really fun. Okay. Yeah. How long is that series? It's a couple, isn't it? I think it's like four. Four okay. that I'm aware of. Maybe a fifth. All right. Anything else on your reading radar at the moment? Um, I also just read Equal Rights by Terry Pratchett. This is one of the Discworld books, which for a long time I've been like, this seems like this huge thing that's really hard to get into, so I'm not going to try. And then at some point I found out there's like mini series within the series. Oh. And so this is... the commitment. 
it lessens the commitment and makes it more approachable. Yeah. So this is like the first book of the witch subseries. Okay. And I think witches are a great time. Uh-huh. And so I was like, <laughs> let's go. And okay. so, yeah, I thought that one was pretty fun as okay. well. Do you like fantasy, Dylan? I I, I do. do I, I'm okay. actually, I, I, I love a lot of genres. I read I read very widely. And, and actually, the, my most recent reads were both YA because uh, I'm, I'm a huge audiobook fan just sure. because when I'm writing and editing, which I'm editing right now, okay. um, I don't have a big appetite to open a book um, yeah. at all times yeah. because I'm usually working on my own. Yeah. So my it's a guilty pleasure of mine. And I think it's the most decadent thing to do to have someone read to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So audiobooks are a big thing for me. And I actually bought my most recent vehicle only because it was the last one that had a cd player <laughs> so i wanted to make sure i, I was in on that yeah, but actually yeah. the ones that i'm reading now are off from the libby oh sure um you know app but um yeah my my two most recent reads are also ya and they were um they weren't fantasy although i am a big fantasy fan okay. fan but they were sci-fi it was called hardwired have you read that from um len vlahos Vlaho- oh no i don't, I don't think i have either it was a it's about a boy named quinn and it's his name stands for like quantum intelligence so he's the okay. first like self-actualized ai uh-huh. and he's so it's a 16 year old boy but actually it's he's oh i discovers he's ai which is really fun and then the other one i read was um what beauty there is by Corey anderson which was a thriller a ya thriller so my two most recent reads my daughter and i were listening to those on the way up so they were really fun though that's awesome yeah good readers because that's that is important yes the narrators were fantastic yeah Yeah, and i just i also finished tessa bailey's like i said i'm pretty voracious on the audiobook Mm -hmm. um i do it when i'm you know, walking mm-hmm. when I'm in the car, mom's taxi service. So I finished Tessa Bailey's Hook, Line, and Sinker, which is a rom com. Oh, I know mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the second in a series, and I'm always I'm always hesitant because I didn't read the first, and I'm very Type A. I like to read Agreed. them in order. Yeah. Um, but she did a great job because I had read not read the first, and I still was able to follow the second, which yeah. was great. That's awesome. I think audiobooks are so great, and some people are like, "Oh, it doesn't count," but I think it totally it counts. Totally it totally counts. It totally counts. And my wife is an editor, and so <gasps> she same thing. Just like you're saying, it's like the end of the day. She's like, no more words. I can't. Yep. <laughs> I cannot see words on page anymore. So yeah, she's she's a big audiobook listener, and I used to like because I used to have a much longer commute, and I would pound through things like mm-hmm, listening mm-hmm. to an audiobook. So I'm I've slowed down audiobook wise now, but I'm actually I'm currently listening to one. It's a Stranger in the Lifeboat by Mitch Album. You guys know Mitch. Yes, Tuesdays, right. Tuesdays, Tuesdays with, with Maury. Maury. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I love Tuesdays with Maury. That was the He's first so one that I read. I know it is. <laughs> it's a real tearjerker for sure, and that's nonfiction and. And most of what he's written since has been fiction, and this is one too. And I always find with a Mitch Album book that I'm never like, oh, I have to have the next one. Like, when's the next Mitch Album book coming back? But every time I find myself reading one, I'm like, yeah, I really like this. So I'm interested so far. It's about, there's a like a luxury cruise, not a full-size, like, thousand-passenger kind of cruise ship, but this luxury cruise goes down, and there's just a few people left in a lifeboat, and they, and they uh-huh. get someone in. Uh, and they, they pull him in and he claims that he's like, he's like, I am the savior. And they're like, what's going on? Oh man. So that's sort of the plot. They're trying to figure out, is this guy crazy as they're all trying to survive in a lifeboat? So pretty good, pretty good so far, uh, as, as far as, uh, audio books go. Uh, I read a Star Trek book. Do you guys start, are you a Star Trek fan? I do like Star Trek. Yes. But mostly like the next generation. Yeah, that's the go-to. This mm-hmm. was a Star Trek Voyager book. So after the after the Voyager series, the TV series ended, there was like a relaunch that was like, what comes next? And these have been going on like since that show ended, you know, like 20 years ago. 
And this was like the last book in the relaunch series. And so it was kind of like bittersweet to finish it. And, it, and I also didn't like it that much. And that made it worse. Mm. Oh, you know? that is unfortunate. It was like it was a satisfying conclusion. But the book itself, like it focused a little too much on new characters and not enough on the classic characters. Oh. And I'm like, oh. why would you do that? This is the final book. Yeah, yeah. that seems kind of you know? weird. That's so. sort of your job as an author. I know I'm I wrapping know. up my series and my, you know, my agent, my editor are like, okay, so it's the third and this, the one I'm editing right yeah. now. And, okay. you know, they're reminding me that, okay, so you do need to bring in, you know, characters from book one and two and give right. a nice little tidy bow at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. And it is an expectation as a yeah. reader. For yeah. Sure. yeah. You want to, you want to like go back to that. You want to see like, oh yes, this is why I love this book. So mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm on the fence about this Star Trek Voyager book. I'm currently reading one called Red Rising. Do you know this one, Allie? It, it is YA. It's by Pierce Brown. It's I'm a very sure familiar reco- title. Yeah, I'm sure you'd recognize the cover. I'm not far enough into it to really tell you what it's about, but it's uh, it's set on Mars, and it's sort of like the descendants of human colonists, and it okay. seems like it's going to get dark, maybe. It sounds like it would very much have the potential yeah. to. You know what I mean? Like, that sounds like the kind of book that's like, either it's going to have like this like weirdly 50s like yeah. nuclear family vibe, or it's going to go like real dark. Yeah. I we'll don't know see. why those are the two options, there's but they are. There's a lot of them. I think there's like five or six of these books so far. So In the series? Yes. And I, I haven't committed to reading all of them okay. but <laughs> okay. so far. But I, I agree, Dylan. Like with the series, it's really hard for me to, be, even if I don't like it, I'm like, oh, there's only one more. I got to do it. You know? I like to finish it. Yeah. I, I specifically completist. waited for, I, I actually, the, the audio book I finished before I came up here was The Game of Thrones. And then I was on the second one. Mm-hmm. Was that Clash of Kings or something yeah, like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Something and like that. I, I kind of wanted to wait until he was all done, but I'm not certain that, yeah, that he's going to be all I done. No, I don't think so. so. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> hold my breath on that. Are you guys watching anything interesting right now? Movies, TV? I just watched the first Ms. Marvel episode, <gasps> oh, which yeah. our listeners from you know yeah. the past will know that I really like Ms. Marvel, Ms. the comic Marvel, books. Yeah, it was like your window into the comic book world, wasn't Pretty it? Pretty much. Like, yeah. And so I was very excited about that. Yeah. I'm a little... I know we'll talk more in depth about this probably in a future episode, but I'm a little bit concerned about the choices they made about changing her powers. Yeah, there's some differences. Uh, But overall, I I thought it was a good time. I thought they did pretty well. No, I felt the same way. I liked it too because uh, my son is eight Uh and, uh, you know, he likes that kind of thing, but we don't let him watch the Marvel movies or anything. But Ms. Marvel is sort of like, I feel like it was a good like lens for that. Like it wasn't it wasn't too you know violent or anything mm-hmm. like that. So we were able to all watch it together, which was kind of nice, and he liked it. He was more of a stickler about Ms. Marvel's powers than I was because they. Well, but you don't like stretchy powers. I don't like stretchy powers, I know. (laughs) You know. Are you a Marvel fan, Dylan? Are you you watching these movies, TV shows? I sometimes, I get very, um, I feel, I I get a lot of FOMO if I don't see it. But then when (laughs) I do see it, I've sometimes missed something along the way. And so then I'm in there and... um, whether it's the Marvel or or, or yeah. DC movie, I always feel like, wait a minute, everyone in the movie in the theater is saying, oh, you know, know, and they're saying, and I'm I'm obviously missing out on yeah. something. So it, that is always disappointing for me when I when I feel like I've I'm not getting the all the nuances yeah. of the movie, but yeah. I do enjoy them. Yeah, I feel like I'm like my enthusiasm is waning a little bit, and mm-hmm. there's just so many things. You know, like even when it started taking off, it was like you got maybe one a year or like one every other year. And now it's like every movies. month there's something new. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot mm-hmm. to keep up with. But I am liking Ms. Marvel. Have you watched anything interesting, Dylan? You know, I have to be honest. I'm not. I'm always, I'm very commitment phobic um, yes. when it comes to television just because it is um, a massive time suck. And yeah. if mm-hmm. I am writing or editing, like it just it's yeah. 
I don't know. I'd I'd rather be <laughs> reading yeah. or writing. Um, well, it kind of sounds like you're in the eye of the hurricane right yeah, now, right? I mean, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I have I have the book three to finish, and then um, that that commitment with um, yeah. you know with my publishers is done, and the three books will be will be done, and then I'll think about the next one. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, I'm a little you know I'm a little under the gun right now, so I haven't to be honest yeah. with you watched a lot of a lot of television lately. Mm-hmm. Are like one off standalone movies? Is that better for you? And that you're not like oh I'm gonna get sucked in, and then there will be three seasons or is it still like you know I'd I'd be better spending my time reading or writing you know I like I I won't I don't mind the one-off standalone movies and I do do that and I do enjoy going to the uh the movie theater and in Mm -hmm. fact I missed out on Top Gun I saw Top Gun I'm so sad about that it was so fun I'm so sad about that and I and I would like to also see uh it's playing now or it was it was just recently playing the um Jurassic World. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I'm like the third one. Yeah. Yes, so I have not seen that Dom- one. I think it's Dominion. Jurassic World Dominion. Dominion I think yes. That's what it's called. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, but actually that's on my list here because we had just watched, just last night, watched Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, which uh, is the second, the second. Of, oh, sorry, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It's the second of the Jurassic World movies. And I saw it somehow. My wife didn't. I don't remember like how that happened, but she'd never seen it. And we were going to go see the new one, you know, uh, this weekend. So we were like, oh, we got to watch it. It's not great. I don't know. Yeah. The, that middle one is, I don't know. Have you seen it, Allie? So this is one of the things I'm going to say, and you're going to be like, why did I hire this girl? Uh-huh. I've never seen any Jurassic movie ever. I'm oh. I'm late to the party on that. I read the books uh, mm. when I was younger, but my wife was like, you know, she has these like crystal clear memories of going to see it at the drive-in with her parents. And like, <laughs> it, you know, this is like this big childhood memory for her. I didn't watch it until after we were married. And I've seen the original trilogy maybe twice. So I'm not I'm not a deep cut Jurassic Park fan. But even so, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is pretty rough. It hardly mm-hmm. feels like a Jurassic World movie. Fingers crossed about uh, Dominion. I like that they're bringing the old crew back. You know, I do too. I think that's any excuse to see Jeff Goldblum, I feel like, is, <laughs> is usually pretty fun. <laughs> For sure. Are we watching Stranger Things? Have you guys watched Stranger Things yet? Still no. I have not. Have you seen any of it? Um, so I haven't, but my daughter has. Yeah. And so now she's so far into it that I feel like I'm, for me to start over, yeah, like we're not going to be able, I, it would take me forever True. to catch up to yeah. where she is. Yeah. Allie? So I haven't seen any of it, um, but what has just happened recently okay. is finally after, I don't know how many years it's been, like what, five, seven years yeah, that it's been time. coming yeah, out? A long time. Finally, I've been like, you know, I think I want to watch this. Wow. <laughs> So, and I think what did it for me is, this is kind of terrible to say, but when you're scrolling through Facebook, there'll be like those clips that Netflix is like, here, we're going to suck you in and make you Uh watch movies. And they work way better on me than I would like to admit. look at you. And so (laughs) I was like scrolling through and I'd seen a couple of clips from the new season and I was like, this looks kind of fun. I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe I've been missing out all this time. So I'm, uh, I mean, going back to Top Gun, I'm a sucker for like 80s nostalgia, you know, and I think that's what Stranger Things, especially the early seasons does so well. It just feels like, you know, E.T., but intense. You know what I mean? Like you just, it's got that vibe, and so it's a lot of fun. I'm still, like, tentative about season four. I hasn't sucked me in as fast as the earlier ones, but Jessica, who's on staff here at the library, she's a super fan. Stranger Things is, like, she puts it on in the background while she's, like, doing the dishes or something. That so seems very on brand. Yeah, so mm-hmm. she's, she's seen it many a times, and she says, you know, it, that season four is aces, so take her word over mine, I guess. But yeah, that's uh, that's where I am watching wise. So, Dylan, what's it like for you when you, like, when you finish this, when you finish the editing process, and like everything is just 
done? Is that like a big sigh of relief? Are you like, I have a life again? Or, or what's that experience like? <laughs> oh, for sure. A lot of self-care happens. Um, <laughs> so we like to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, it does get a little crazy in the first draft stage. So um, I'm in the edit stage now, which yeah. is a, a different kind of animal altogether. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of... Um, you know, imposter syndrome. Can I do it? I did it last time, but can I do it this time? Right, yeah. So for me, that's that's just such a monster that I wrestle with yeah. um, during the editing stage. But yes, I'm looking forward to this being done. I'm, yeah. uh, you will see me here at the David A. Howe all summer long yeah. working on my edits because I'd like to be the grown-up girl that works from home, but I'm a grown-up girl that prefers to work at the library. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. need that separation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, I get of that. spaces. I get that. So you'll see me, you know, looking very sad and forlorn on, in the yeah. <laughs> on the side with my with my laptop um doing that but yes when i i know when i finished book one and two i was it was just like a whoo okay so mm-hmm. now let me catch up on all the movies that i've missed right. and the and the books that i've missed and the everything that i've missed mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to the day or the days when i have it better scheduled i guess yeah, yeah. and i and i can i can do it without feeling like oh rush 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 and yeah. get it done and, and and have more of like a daily routine i guess around it sense. all I, I'm, yeah. I'm not awesome at that right now i'd like to be awesome <laughs> That. Yeah. Now, with All Fired Up, I've, I've always heard, I feel like every author I've ever, ever interviewed is, has some sort of horror story about book two. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, like no. you, you've got the first one and it's like a big accomplishment and then it's like, oh, I have to do this again. I have to do this again. Like, was there, because the first book was pretty well received. I mm-hmm. mean, it seemed Thank like, you, you know, yeah. good, good reviews. And I mean, I enjoyed it and it seemed like it was, you know, it did very well. Does that add to the pressure? Like, was sitting down to write book two, like, you know like now the eyes are on me it was it was very nerve-wracking I think I I can't really speak for every author but I know it's it's a thing with authors when they write you know a a series of three that the sophomore book the second book is always you know you mentioned earlier that the second movie was kind of a stinker and and it tends to be the sophomore slump tends to be sort of a thing that that is intimidating to face down as a writer I was fortunate that I chose well, it's well set in Wellsville and it's yeah. set during the balloon rally. So I think that was, um, for me, that was really so much fun to write. And so I didn't really so much face the, mm-hmm. the sophomore slump. At least I hope I didn't. Um, <laughs> it's been well received so far. Good. But um, but yeah, no, I had I had a really good time writing it because it was, my hero is a very um, laid back kind of guy and mm-hmm. I am not a laid back kind of gal. <laughs> so it was really fun to be in his head, Xander's head, mm-hmm. doing, it's a dual point of view book. So it was fun to be, spend, yeah. spend some time with somebody who mm-hmm. is very casual and laid back. Now your books, if I'm remembering from our conversation last year, it's not necessarily that it's like you have to read book one, book two, book three. It's more like right. a sort of a connected world and you're highlighting different characters in each book, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So the first book was um, Kate and Drake's story. Yes. So it's kind of the three Matthews brothers, okay. um, very loosely based on my husband and, and his two oh, brothers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so Drake is the horror writer, oldest yeah. brother. Um, book two is Xander, who's the youngest brother. And I kind of played along with like the, um, uh, the birth order yeah, uh, yeah. you know mythology that goes with birth order. so sure. wh- what are you all are you sure. all firstborn second oldest. born oldest yeah. oldest so uh-huh. I'm in the weird position where I'm the second of four but ah. there's a big gap between me and the next one so I'm s- not the youngest but I'm supposedly the youngest birth order wise I see which which I buy huh 
Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a little strange. Yeah. Nice. You, you lived a good portion of your, your childhood as the youngest. Right. I was like, yeah, I'm the youngest. Yeah. This is awesome. And yeah, then it was I like two more brothers. Yeah. Now you're not. That so. makes a big difference. Yeah, you've been dethroned. Yeah. Exactly. That makes yeah. a big difference. Well, I think it was fun to play with that because um, I see it, um, you know, with people that I know that are that have sure. three siblings. Yeah. There, are, there are three of them. Um, I'm the oldest. So um, my both my heroines are very type A, mm-hmm. <laughs> very, mm-hmm. very like that. So yeah. it was fun to play with that for sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Let's dive into some book news before we get there. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. I want to look at the New York Times bestseller list and see what's uh, what's climbing the charts today. So these are the, the bestsellers hardcover fiction as of June 26, 2022. Number 10, 79 weeks on the list, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Nora Seed finds a library beyond the edge of the universe that contains books with multiple possibilities of the lives one could have lived. This one has been on here so long, I'm just tired of looking at it. <laughs> I feel know? like I see this one everywhere. Like on all the lists and like, you know, like big things that people are reading and like all my Goodreads friends. And I'm like, Sometimes, and I don't think this is a positive thing about my, my character, oh but boy. sometimes <laughs> things with like that much hype, I'm like, I don't want to mess with that. Mm. I, it's like almost off-putting to me that it's so like, oh, you have to read this. Oh, you have to watch this. It makes me kind of be like, do I? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was so ready to judge you for what you were going to say, and then you said it, and I was like, shoot, that's exactly also the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's part of why I didn't watch Stranger Things before yeah. now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, number nine, six weeks on the list, 22 Seconds by James Patterson and Maxine Pietro. The 22nd book in the Women's Murder Club series, Lindsay Boxer returns as word gets around about a shipment of drugs and weapons. I have read a couple of these, and I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> have you read James I, Patterson? I've read James Patterson, but yeah. I haven't read this series that he's, Club. Yeah, yeah. that he's doing. I have not read that yet, so... Yeah. I, I read a few of the early ones. I still like the Alex Cross books. I yes. those still, uh-huh. you know, I, 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 like I agree. Uh, number eight. Oh, new this week. Ooh. Uh, ding, Ooh. Ding, ding. Night Crawling by Layla Motley. A young, struggling black woman is identified as a key witness in a scandal within the Oakland Police Department. Ooh. Sounds kind of cool. New this week. Yep. Speaking of James Patterson, here he is again. 14 weeks on the list, Run, Rose, Run by Dolly Parton and James Patterson. Oh, yeah. I am curious about that I one. I did read, <laughs> I, I will tell admit. you that I I, I do kind of want to pick that up. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, they've already got, there's a soundtrack and there's a movie in the works too. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. Fun. Wow. Pretty serious. Has anybody been to Dollywood? I have. So much fun. It is fun. <laughs> it really is. It was such a blast. I yep. was not expecting it at all. Pigeon Forge is such an interesting place. I know, and... it really is. Yeah, that and Gatlinburg is some of my favorite places. Oh, yeah. Really Ga- Don't go to Gatlinburg in July and stay in the mountains, though. There are I, a million ways to die. I believe I that. Found. Oh, yeah. I believe that. A lot of bears. Yeah. All the time. Okay. Oh. So, Allie, you might want to change your plans <laughs> okay. for July. I'm going to take take down these notes. Yeah, so Run, Rose, Run. A singer and songwriter goes to Nashville seeking stardom, but is followed by her dark past. Oh. Ooh. So right there. Intrigue. Yep, you know. Also new this week, The Omega Factor by Steve Barry. The UNESCO investigator Nick Lee winds up on the trail of a panel of the Ghent altarpiece, which was stolen in 1934. Hmm. Okay. Sure. It feels a little like, uh, you know, Dan Brown-esque. Like yeah, it was a National Code. Treasure you know, sort yeah, of situation. National Treasure. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's another one. Yep. Number five, also a lot of newbies this week. I love it. Counterfeit by Kirsten Chen. As Ava Wong's perfect life unravels, her old college roommate from China wants to enlist her help with a counterfeit scheme. Have you ever been involved in a counterfeit scheme, Alan? (laughs) I feel like that's not something I should tell you. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Number four, three weeks on the list, Night Work by Nora Roberts. Harry Booth, a master thief, breaks things off with Miranda when a dangerous contact might harm her. 
Are you a Nora Roberts fan? You don't have to say. <laughs> so I've read Nora Roberts, yeah. um, but not. I will. I'll be honest with you. Not recently. Yeah. It's been a really long time. She's so prolific. Oh, I mean, just absolutely. So many that and the uh, and she also writes as J.D. Robin. Yes. those are just like boom, boom, I, boom. Th- I know. I don't know how she does it. I don't I'm, I'm very much in awe. I'm a I, lucky to be two book a year yeah. writer, and I'm very much in awe of people who can three, four, five a year. Yeah, it's I don't. Crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I just can't understand it. I can't yeah. like the time it, it mm-hmm. must take. I I don't know. I I guess you know someone like Nora Roberts probably just has it down as a science now but still it's mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to picture number three two weeks on the list meant to be by emily giffen joe the disappointing scion of a family considered american royalty it's a lot of pressure <laughs> and kate a budding model seek to escape her surroundings they find each other okay hmm. number Sounds two different. new this week tom clancy zero hour tom clancy fans in the room i've read him yeah yep if you could get credit for wanting to like an author, I would get a lot of credit for Tom Clancy because <laughs> I've tried on multiple occasions, and I, I I can say that I do like Hunt for Red October, but mm-hmm. I just oh I, don't know. I like the movie of that yeah yeah it's a good that's movie. a good movie I read the book and I I think that might be my only Tom Clancy yeah 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 it's a it's just such a commitment there's just yeah. so you really have to be into the minutia of like the navy i guess i i don't know well and i feel like that's the thing is like anytime i'm like oh maybe i'll read a tom clancy book then i look at it and i'm like it's very dense yeah that's Mm -hmm. a lot i know but then i always like hear things that are happening and like jack ryan's whole trajectory and i'm like i should read that and then i so then you get hit with the fomo i should not yeah the fomo (laughs) is lying to you yeah anyway zero hour a tom clancy book by don bentley jack ryan jr appears to be the only person who can stop a second korean war that's also a lot of pressure that is stopping a second korean war yeah Number one, two weeks on the list, Sparring Partners by John Grisham. Three novellas, Homecoming, Strawberry Moon, and Sparring Partners. This is his first. He's done short stories before. He had a collection called Ford County, but this is his first collection of novellas. Hmm. Hmm. I don't really gravitate towards short stories or novellas. I don't know. What do you think? No, I have a hard time with that, too. I guess I just I enjoy the character development in a novel. I like to really feel like I know the people and just dig in. Um, so I, I don't typically grad, uh, yeah. gravitate towards that unless they're horror. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge yeah. Stephen King fan, so yeah. I, I read all his short story collections. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not. I really don't tend to do that now. Yeah, I guess I, I when I look back at the, sh- I'm thinking like short story collections that I've read, and it usually is like genre fiction, sci-fi mm-hmm. or horror mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm a John Grisham fan, so I I assume one of these days I'll get around to this. <laughs> but have you read Grisham at all, Allie? I have not. Maybe you can too. Maybe. One of these days. Maybe. You can start with some novellas. We'll see. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for the hardcover fiction bestseller list. And I'm pretty sure we have all of these in the collection. So you can just come and check them out. As soon as you're finished reading Dylan's books, you can read (laughs) any one of these. All right. Let's get to it. So Dylan, could you start by just giving us a, a brief synopsis of, of what the book's about, how it connects to the last book, and okay. just sort of a window in for people who haven't read maybe the first book? Sure, absolutely. Well, they're they're written to be standalones, as yeah. we kind of talked about earlier. So you don't necessarily have to read them in order. So there is no FOMO. You're okay to start with book two, <laughs> I promise. Um, so it's a, another small town romance set here in Wellsville. It's an opposites attract as uh-huh, well. Uh-huh. Um, it's a second chance romance. They have met previously. The hero's name is Xander Matthews. He's uh-huh. the youngest of the 
the Matthews Brothers. And he's a very laid back, carefree guy who runs a kind of like a painting with a twist, but with ceramics. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you take ceramics and throw it in a party situation, he runs a a business that's sort of like that. So he runs a ceramics uh, wheel throwing kind of kind of business. Mm -hmm. And he's a very live in the moment kind of guy because of his Marine past. And um, he meets up with Imani, uh, who is a publicist for Drake Matthews. And that's how the whole all the characters tie into the first book. So right. So that he's uh, she's Drake's publicist. And she's a very type A um, list driven um, sort of person Mm -hmm. and is really nearing burnout. I I would actually say she's probably at burnout in her current position and is coming down to Wellsville to take care of her uh, grandmother Mm -hmm. who's having a double knee surgery. So she's been asked to come down and um, help her with that recovery. And she uses this as a, this is a good break time to figure out what I'm doing with my career, to figure out where I'm going and to maybe get some sleep. She's suffering from some insomnia and panic attacks and anxiety and she really just needs this reset time Mm -hmm. Uh, the last thing she's looking to do is to get involved with Xander again after their one time hookup but as you know small towns uh, find a way to bring people together yes Yes, that does happen. So yeah. that's a little bit of the overview, and it does happen in summer and actually right around Balloon Rally, which is next yeah, week. Yeah, just, we're just, just coming right, right up on yeah, it. Yeah, coming right yeah. up. I know. It's going to be exciting. It's been so, because uh, we haven't had, we haven't been able to have it right. for the last couple of years. So, and that's like, that's such a big weekend for the library anyway, with the Balloon Rally kickoff and just brings so many people to town, and it's been disappointing to not have it. So I think there's a lot of excitement. I'm so excited. So, yeah. yeah. So definitely good timing with the book here. I'm curious uh, on the back end of things. I remember last time uh, with How Sweet It Is, we were talking about how uh, for the cover, you wanted kind of a, almost like a spooky haunted house sort of vibe because mm-hmm. that's a big part of that book. Right. And you got overruled. I did. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and that happens. Yeah. You, you don't get a choice But I wondered uh, how, how was the process this time? Were there things you wanted that you couldn't quite get? Or did it all settle out exactly how you hoped? Or... It I'm really, just so curious about that. So, yeah, the first book was definitely that experience. Um, that wasn't the title I had originally on the manuscript. Okay. How Sweet It Is was not the original title. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and it was not the original... Um, uh, the the thought that I had in my head and what you type up basically kind of a one pager that yeah. describes your characters describes pivotal scenes and mm-hmm. kind of your idea of what you think you'd want on the cover and none of that happened but <laughs> they are smart um, they definitely chose correctly with how sweet it is and what uh-huh. they put on the cover it's a, that is a great cover mm-hmm. yeah it, really it was is. so fun yeah. and, and it just came out in mass market and which was a different cover so they it's the same I, story different yeah cover. I didn't know that until we were talking before we started recording what is it it's the same cover you said? so different cover oh, okay. um so it's it's uh, the mass market is a smaller version yeah. than the trade paperback version and, and it's kind of geared towards the um like a small town romance market oh, okay. Okay. so it's more of a photographic cover so you uh-huh. can see a picture with a woman who's kind of uh ru- not running <laughs> she's not running through a field of cosmos she's walking through a field of cosmos you just see the back of her going towards a large victorian in the backdrop mm-hmm. oh. um so it's um it's kind of a, i think it's really fun and again i had zero input on that either yeah but it's it's, <laughs> it's doing really well and it's fun to see because it's in walmart which i've never been in walmart so that's definitely been a bucket oh, okay. list yeah. thing for me you can go into any walmart and oh, wow. see wow. me and and Meijers, which is i guess a grocery store chain and myers uh, myers yeah i'm and, from michigan oh you're from michigan like, yeah, so you know oh yeah okay that's big business there in, in michigan ohio area okay yeah. well yeah. yeah i've been i've been tagged in a lot of these posts and i'm like i don't know where what this is yeah. this a grocery <laughs> store where am i it's, yeah i mean it's, I it's not unlike a, a like a super walmart because it, oh. it's like kind of half grocery store half home store i see but yeah 
okay, so I'm there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and in a, a bunch of other places as yeah. well. But um, so yeah, for the cover for this, what's really fun is it is the title I came up with, Ooh. which is exciting. Yeah. That, that is rare to have. I love a good balloon pun, and you got it. All right fired there. up, yeah. ta-da! Yeah. And um, it is exactly what I wanted on the cover. Nice. Not, not so much the colors and things like that, but I actually took. I was very meticulous in mm-hmm. my in my one pager this time, mm-hmm. and okay. I took. Uh, I have several balloon rally prints. Um, from the area over the years. And I actually included pictures of those prints so they could see actual and actual balloon rally shots of of the rally at Island Park and things like that. So Mm -hmm. um, they had a lot to work with. And I thought it would be so much fun to see hot air balloons on the cover. And and that happened. So I was pretty excited about that. Well, it has, again, I mean, it's a great cover. It has a very summery feel. I think the colors, you know, they do kind of pop and and Mm -hmm. catch your eye. So yeah, that's, no, that's really fun. When, um, when we had Susan Wiggs here Mm -hmm. visit earlier, part of her presentation uh, she did like a slideshow thing and she was talking about cover art and she showed, I don't know, 50 variations of her most recent. And I wow. just think that's such an interesting yeah. peek into like the behind the scenes because I think before, you know, before we started talking, before I started talking to other authors, I guess I just kind of assumed that like the author just got to choose those things, you know, that it was right. like your book, your title, your cover, like that you had kind of like at least veto power or something. So <laughs> no. it's interesting to know that that sort of, and it makes sense because, you know, when, when it's being marketed towards the widest possible audience, you know, you want people who are, that's their skill mm-hmm. to do. But I right. think it's it's interesting to learn, you know, what you have control over and what you don't. Is that ever hard? I mean, are there ever things that you, you know, as far as the editing process that, that you really are like latching onto and you're in somebody saying, ah, I don't, I don't think so. That part's got to go. So it's definitely hard in the editing process because when you're writing a rom-com, if you're writing comedy, you're going to be writing a joke, writing something yeah. that's mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. And you have to make sure that the funny is not going to be offensive in any way. Right. Um, so that sometimes can get a little bit um, dicey. So you yeah. do have to kind of you know, be very aware of that. But I haven't really ever encountered anything where I've been a, a severe, you know, a significant pushback where I felt really strongly about something that mm-hmm. someone wanted no I'm lying that is a lie here's the lie um in this book actually in okay. all fired up so here's fun so fun grammar things for y'all or you all sorry I've been living in Florida for a really long time sometimes <laughs> that that, that rubs off right. on me in. Yeah. in the book they stop at a wing place and I couldn't include the name Duff's because um oh. uh, it's you know not yeah. I'm not able to do that because okay. there were things that happened in Duff's that don't actually exist in Duff's. Oh. So it was like a fictional Duff's. Okay. But anyway, mm-hmm. in my head, I had pictured Duff's swings yeah, because yeah. that's kind of an iconic sure. buffalo wing eerie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're in a buffalo wing place um, in, in, that, in that scene. And as I'm writing it, I said buffalo wings and I capitalized the B in mm-hmm. buffalo. And um, it went through copy edits, which is, uh, so content edits are the first round of edits. And that's yeah. the big chunky things mm-hmm. that you're cutting whole chapters potentially. And you're, yeah. you're doing a lot of revisions. But then um, the copy edits are more like line edits mm-hmm. and, and fixing little little things. And the copy editor said, no, it, it needs to be a low B what? for buffaloing. And I was like, that seems so weird. That can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand, right. you know, where I'm from. If yeah. you don't capitalize a B in buffalo, you know, someone's going to throw it down. Like, yeah going to be right. a problem right so I did push back on that one and I actually looked up an article because you know I am I, I am that girl and mm-hmm. if I'm gonna push back yeah. I'm gonna have proof yeah so I pushed back on that one and I and I uh, pulled up an article from I believe it was a Buffalo News that said that finally that they had um uh the 
I don't know if it was Merriam Webster. It was an alternate uh, version of Merriam in okay. Merriam Webster, okay. but it was accepted by the AP oh, now that well, if you, you write yeah. Buffalo for Buffalo Wings, that it can be and should be capitalized. Uh-huh. Yay. Uh-huh. So I got to keep Buffalo Wings oh, with a capital it. B. Oh, so Yay. I did okay. win on that one. So that was really the only thing that I've actually had a, that I've, That's I've funny. pushed back on and had a lot of um, passion behind the pushback. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's funny the things like that that like stick in your head. You're like, no, this is unjust. It can't be. <laughs> so now I got to ask though, are you Duff's over Anchor Bar when it comes to your? Oh, wings? I like them both. I like them both. But okay. um, I, I really, I, uh, I felt like I just wanted to to put Duff's in there. Yeah. That was the most recent one I had okay. been to, so it was kind of sticking in yep. my head. And um, there's, there's the reason it, it isn't called anything in the book is because there's a there's a gift shop that exists in my fictional Duffs that doesn't oh, okay. exist okay. in the real uh, Duffs, so mm-hmm. it's really not any yeah. named bar or named um, restaurant. It's yeah. just a generic one. Okay. But um, how about you? Are you an Anchor oh, Bar? I, yeah, I mean I've been a vegetarian for years, but oh okay. But before that, I was I was all Anchor Bar, uh, so I, that's where my loyalty lies. Allie? I don't have one particular place I'm partial to. Do you to. like chicken wings? I do. Like you like Buffalo Wings, capital B? Capital buffalo B. Wings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Buffalo nice. Wings but are good. you don't good. have a favorite. I don't have a favorite. Okay, you're going to have to make a commitment. I haven't been like that immersed in Buffalo Wings to like have a favorite. Okay. All right. So, All right. you know. Nice. All right, maybe one of these days. Uh, let's, so let's talk a little bit about the balloon rally because it's mm-hmm. a major backdrop here. And I mean, it's the major backdrop of our lives at the moment. Um, could just tell us a little bit about some of the balloon rally like memories that stand out for you. Why, why it kind of sticks in your mind so much. Like, was this an important part of, of life for you? Like, was it a thing you were looking forward to? I did. I obviously growing up here, that yeah. was, that was our big week. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole balloon rally event was something that we all look forward to. But, um, the, the core memory that I have, I was very young at the time and we were, um, driving home and it was a night launch so it probably was either a Friday night or Saturday night launch and um, a chase car had gotten lost and a balloon was kind of drifting down and uh, my stepfather at the time decided let's go help that balloon out so I don't know if you know this but it's a tradition that if you help a balloon land um, you can get a bottle of champagne and and there's there's like a whole celebration so that when they trespass on someone's property that they have a little gift for them Um, so obviously I was a minor, uh, and they couldn't find the property owner at the time. It was just some random field, and it was okay. a cow field, and it is a cow field in the book. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I won't give anything away about that scene, but that is one of my favorite scenes in the book, uh, the balloon ride. But anyway, I got to go up because they couldn't do that. They gave me a tether ride. Okay. And I was about nine, mm-hmm. and it felt honestly like being in a very large Easter basket, yeah. just mm-hmm. a wicker Easter basket. You could see through the bottom at the ground receding, and there's no sensation of lifting at all. It's the most curious thing. I don't, huh. Have either of you been in a hot air balloon? No, I haven't not. been in one. No. Because you're traveling at the same speed of the wind, you don't feel any breeze. It's a very, it's just a very serene sort hmm. of mm-hmm. lifting experience. But the ground recedes at a very rapid rate. And um, so I only got to go on a tether ride, but it was amazing. It was it was definitely a very core memory. So I leaned in on that quite a bit when yeah. I was writing um, the balloon rally mm-hmm. scene. Um, it's a very pivotal scene for um, Imani and Xander in the yeah. book. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the balloon rally here. It's always, The library is always packed and the the, uh, the book sale, you know, is always huge. And it's just fun to see that many people gathered. Mm-hmm. My hometown is Battle Creek, Michigan, and also had a big balloon rally. Uh, it was very different than this. It was like everybody would go down to the airport, but there was just a million balloons. It was like everywhere you were, like you could see them. And I have like two really specific memories from childhood. Once my stepsister and I were outside the house and we were like looking up for the balloons and we saw a bunch and they were up high. 
and they started throwing candy down, oh. but they were really high. Oh and my so, goodness. Like, we're out there and these like peppermint candies are just like shattering like next to us. We're like, ah! Oh, <laughs> so, like, no. oh my goodness. So you got to think that through, you know? Yikes. So that was terrifying. And then another time, it was my stepsister and I, we were uh, on a jet ski on the lake and the sugar bear balloon, you know, sugar bear yes. like the cereal was just, they couldn't, like, they couldn't get it to fire. And it was just, like, slowly oh, no. going. And it landed in the lake. And it was, like, nobody out there. It was just she and I on a jet ski. So, like, nothing we could do. It wasn't a boat. And it was just, like, slowly sinking. And oh, like, no. Pulling, trying to get it to start. And we're like, what, what do we do? Uh, and they finally, I don't know what it was, but they finally, like, got it to light. And it took off. And it just, like, slowly rose out of the lake. But it was crazy. And it was, of course, it was a funny, it was a giant sugar bear balloon. Oh, my it goodness. It wasn't just like a round balloon. It was ah, like a giant bear. So I feel like this is a missed opportunity. Nick, why did yeah. I not know the story of, uh, earlier that could have maybe yeah. made it into the book yep. at some yep. point? Yep. The time <laughs> I almost uh, watched the sinking of the sugar bear. Yeah. Historic. Yeah. I feel like with with something like the balloon, really, that's such a good hook, though, for a book because it's so, I mean, it feels very, like, sort of quintessential small town, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because it's when you're using that in the book, like, are there specific instances that you're pulling from? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, we go every, well, we, we try to go yeah. every year that we're here, and it's, it's there's so many memories about being down there and watching them lift off and the sound and the noise and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. excitement, and it's early morning, usually, because if you're here Saturday or Sunday morning to, you know, when it's cooler, yeah. And it's, you mm-hmm. know, there's yeah. the, the, that roar of the of the, mm-hmm. the burners and, and things like that. So it's it's fun. I'm, I'm really hoping if there's any balloonists out there that I can actually take a ride maybe oh. this year. So I will be here if there's any balloonists interested yeah. in uh, putting me up in one. I'd like to do I, that. I wish I knew a balloonist, but I don't. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the research then. So obviously mm-hmm. you, had, you had that one childhood memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there other things that you were that you were going like really research heavy on for this book? So. A lot of this book was written during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, during the first writing stage. So everything was closed. Oh, so okay. any research ah. I did had to be just emailing people or online or watching a video or things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I was up here last summer editing book two okay. and um, things had just started to open up. So I actually called over to the um, Wellsville Creative Arts Center right okay. across the street here right. and said, listen, I know zero about pottery other than what I've seen online and mm-hmm. read. And I, as a writer, just feel like if, if my hero, if this is his occupation, yeah. that I'm not doing my due diligence yeah. if I haven't actually thrown clay on a wheel. Right. So I said, is that a, is that a thing? She said, of course it is. And they have they have an opportunity every, I think it's every Saturday, that you can go in and, and you pay a really low price and you get about three pounds of clay and they teach you how to throw on a wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, which I will tell you looks a lot easier than it actually is. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Yeah. And I had no idea, um, color me surprised, mm-hmm. how difficult it actually is to make anything that resembles anything um, <laughs> the first time that you do it. But I had so much fun over there, and they, they were such a big part of my research Um uh, Christina was uh, the one who uh, sat with me, showed me everything, um, let me, you know, make a mess. Unfortunately, just a terrible mess. My <laughs> my clay ended up flying off the wheel and splattered everywhere. And the, like the clay bits dry on you later. So you don't even know you're covered oh, yeah. in clay water right. until like later. And you're like, wow, I'm speckled that in clay water. That feels like a rite of passage, though, <laughs> I isn't it? So. I feel like you have to have that experience. 
I feel like all of my knowledge of this would come from the movie Ghost. So I don't. Yes. I can't really. I can't right? really add to it. Have you done this kind of? Have you done? I haven't. Like oh, I've yeah. had a number of friends. I know. I I've had sure a number of friends who have like done it and been like, "This is so fun," so and I'm fun. always like, "That's cool." Yeah. Well, I feel like it's the kind of thing that I'm like, I just don't know how to start. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know a little enough about yeah. it, and if you don't have access to a place to do yeah. it, then it's kind of like, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can just go right across the street and newbies welcome and she'll and they'll take you through it and they're so kind and welcoming. All the potters that were there doing their yeah. thing. It was is literally like watching a JK Rowling. Like this must like it looked like magic just watching them oh, wow. coax this clay into a form and then I'm doing it and it's just not coalescing into anything <laughs> at all. That's so funny. it was really it was very it was like watching magic. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah. One of our board members is a regular over there. Oh, she has nice. she always says pottery and stuff on display out there. Yeah, I'd like to. I took an art class in college, but it wasn't it we never did that kind of thing. Mm. It was more like painting and stuff. Yeah. So how did the experience of actually like being there and doing that, how did that influence the book or the character? Like did, did, were there certain things that you took away from that that you're like, oh I gotta change this or right. I integrate. did. Yeah. I did. So um part of the um, inciting incident is uh, some of um, some historic tiles on her grandmother's fireplace um, like a vintage tile gets broken oh, so of okay. course yeah. she's got to go into his studio and she see if to. those can get um, repaired yeah. is the only way yep. so um, <laughs> I knew nothing about you know and I, I, just, I came in and I said I have a lot of questions as I'm as I'm working on this clay yeah. I'm taking notes on the side and I said okay so if I came in with some vintage tiles could you replace them and she said of course yeah we do mm. that all the time and so she took me through the entire process oh, wow. and there is a process Ooh. and it has to cure and there's a, there's a whole, I don't, cure is not the right word, um, but it has to dry and has to dry evenly. And there's, there's a whole, um, wedging process and, um, things that you have to do and add into the clay based on like what, it, what would have, so that it can match the vintage yeah. tiles mm-hmm. because they were made differently and with different, uh, ingredients, uh, and different greens produce different colors and different glazes and, oh, it's so interesting. So yes, they were amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I didn't know how much I didn't know. One of the things I thought was that clay would have a scent. Mm. And I'm very like olfactory focused mm-hmm. when I, I write. I, I would assume that too. Right. I, I like to bring those kind of things in there. Yeah. And it didn't. It didn't smell like anything, which huh. I was very surprised. Huh. I thought it was going to smell like very earthy or something yeah. like that. And I had that in the original mm-hmm. draft. And I was like, okay, let's cut this. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot got <laughs> added and some things got cut. Yes. Okay. Now, on more of a heavier topic, I know like mental health is, is, a, is a topic in here. Could you talk a little bit about why, why you wanted to include that and maybe any process that you had to, mm-hmm. to maybe research that or, mm-hmm. or really dig into that topic? Because, you know, it's heavy and I feel like over the last couple of years, I mean, that's really kind of come to the forefront. I, yeah. think, I think people are talking about it more than they ever have and also maybe still not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we're making progress yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. I feel like it is too. And I, I, I weirdly was on purpose to try to normalize that conversation yeah. in the book. Um, so it's definitely something I set out to do on purpose. Okay. It is part of Imani's um, story and her mm-hmm. journey. Uh, she is going through some, uh, a lot of, you know, life issues and um, it's triggering some panic attacks and anxiety and, and things like that. And I did draw upon my own experiences. A lot of what Imani goes through, um, especially um, like ocular migraines, mm-hmm. where you, like mm-hmm. the visual migraines, yeah, where you don't yeah. have 
have pain, but weird things happen to your eyesight and, yeah. and uh, things like that. Actually, uh, I, I went through during um, a, a career juxtaposition in my life when yeah. I was working for a Fortune 500 company for a lot of years. And it was a great job, but I was working a ton of hours. I was not really doing, obviously, what I wanted to do in life. I was working in banking yeah. um, mm-hmm. and my, you know, as an English lit major. And um I would see my daughter for about an hour a day and it was just not, not what I wanted to do, um, with my life. And it was, although it was a a good job, I just felt very trapped Mm -hmm. by the job. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's really important to take care of your mental health. And I, I tend to be from the stock of grin and bear it. Um, you know, we don't need to look really closely at this, just smile and it'll get better. And and nobody really likes to ask for help. Right. Or at least Mm -hmm. the majority of people maybe don't. You know. But it's important, and, 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 and it's part of Amani's journey is it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to not do something about it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be very on purpose with showing yeah. that part of her journey and, like I said, normalizing that conversation for both because they're both going su- through some things. And I know, I don't know about you two, but I know during the pandemic, it, my mental health took a nosedive, and I really oh, had to yeah. be very on mm-hmm. purpose with yeah. self-care yeah. and just, you know, listening to my, my body and mental clues yeah. as to where I was at that time. Yeah. So no, I'm right there with you. And I don't think I fully bounced back, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's still, I, it's still a process, I, th- I think for all of us, but you know, I think one of the things is like the way you treat mental health versus the way you treat just like health in general, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like whatever you have a cold or you, you, break your leg or something like you have to fix that Mm -hmm. and and do something about that. But when it comes to mental health, it's like you don't have that obvious tangible, Mm -hmm. like here's the thing that's wrong. Let's fix it. It's right. It's so nebulous. And I think, you know, you, or at least I personally tend to kind of get in my own head and Mm -hmm. just like you're saying, you know, just like just power through it, you know, like Mm -hmm. it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that, has a breaking point at some point. It does, you know and I, mean? I and I think um, I, I would I, I hope we're moving in the direction where it's there's a commercial out right now where there's a there are a bunch of guys in a weight room and mm-hmm. there's this guy underneath a, a push up bar mm-hmm. um, and, and he's trapped under the weight like there's too much weight on the end of the bar and he's gotten stuck under mm-hmm. the under the push up bar and another guy comes over and says can I give you can I give you some help can I give you a lift he's like no I'm just I'm going to get through this mm-hmm. I'm going to get through this by myself and mm-hmm. I'm going to get through it and it's all about mental health and mm-hmm. at the end of the commercial you find out it's you know to set up a telehealth appointment mm-hmm. it's all about mental health and it's so true I think a lot of times of course you would never think twice about helping somebody lift a weight off their chest that they right. can't deal with right, right. now yeah. um, and you would never think twice about that but you know I, I, I hope we're moving t- toward a place where people feel just as comfortable with helping mm-hmm. people with some other burdens mm-hmm. that they're carrying right now and I think it's really important to be on purpose with that and it, it was a it was a very purposeful thing I did in the book yeah. I will tell you that to to make that part a big part of her journey because I, I felt I felt that a lot during the pandemic mm-hmm. time so yeah yeah. No, it, it, it makes it very timely because I think, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast just in just in other light ways. It's just, you know, the, the impact of, of what was essentially, you know, sustained trauma, mm-hmm. you know, that we all experience. And of course, there are degrees in that. You know, I, people had it a lot worse than I did, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. but like yeah. that doesn't change the fact that like we all experienced something yeah. collectively that was unhealthy for us. And, you know, we'll be seeing the you know, the after effects of that, I think for yeah. a long time as a society and so as too. individuals. So yeah, yeah, I think it's so important to just acknowledge that and say like, sometimes you just need help. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. need to like, yeah. you know, reach out. 
Yeah. And I love that there's more options available, like the telehealth yeah. appointments that you can schedule, mm-hmm. that it's not as, uh, and commercials like the one that, you know, that's airing right now, you know, that I referred, mm-hmm. that I referred to earlier. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's good to remove that stigma and it's good to normalize that conversation. And uh, I'm, I'm yeah. all about that. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's great. I well, think that's great. And my hope is that since, like you said, Nick, this is a trauma that we kind of all have gone through together, yeah. that that will help with some of the destigmatizing of it. Because right. it's like everyone, to some degree or other, experienced some effects from yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And so my hope that one of the good things that could come out of this yeah. is that overall we'll have a better understanding of what's going on and how to help other people with yeah. this rather than being all like, yeah. Oh, yeah. we don't know what to do. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm hoping to get out of this. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. And I think, you know, like just my own experience, like I look back at those those years and it's like my job wasn't affected, you know, like mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. we didn't have childcare issues, you know. And so I feel silly saying that like it was hard for me, but like it was, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, that's just, and it's okay to say that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. you, you know, it's okay to, to right. you should have that validation right. that yeah, it's exactly. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think, I think perfect time to have that in a book and hopefully, you know, as people are reading and enjoying that, kind of connect in a different way too Mm -hmm. which would be great so both books that are out right now we have and are are readily available uh dylan's going to be here talking primarily about all fired up on july 13th right that's going to be right the uh, the Mm -hmm. main focus can you give us a little bit of a of a preview on on what's to come in the next book sure um book three is um the last matthews brother it's the it's Riker. he's the middle brother so if any of you are middle siblings Mm -hmm. you will be unsurprised that his is the last story because middle siblings always feel like the neglected cast out one so Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we do explore that a little bit but um Riker's book is the third book in the series um there is not a title yet so the title i had set for it um, what, uh, the heroine, um, is a saute chef. And oh, okay. so I had some cooking references in the title mm-hmm. and it was felt that that was kind of overdone at this mm-hmm. time, which I kind of feel like it, if you mm-hmm. look, there's a lot of cooking, yeah. um, references and titles now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it's, there's a couple of others that were, were kind of pinging back, ping ponging back and forth and things yeah. like that. So I, I can't really say what the title is going to be sure. at this point, but it is Riker's story. And I am in edits right now, content okay. edits, which is always exciting. And by exciting, I mean terrifying, and, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. soul crushing, but mm-hmm. also exciting because that's the first step in the process. Novels are made in revisions. I tell that to everyone yeah. when we do a writer's re- uh, workshop, but uh, novels are always made in revisions. Okay. So yeah, yeah. it's an important process. So yes, um, I will be um, giving some little clues about that at the talk and, and, and maybe, um, maybe I'll have a title for you by then. Okay. Too. <laughs> All right. No, that's exciting. Stay tuned. Uh, are there any, are there any talks about like, are there, there audiobooks for these or is that anything that's in the work? There is. There okay. is an audiobook for both How Sweet okay. It Is and All Fired Up, and there will also be for book three. Um, and what's been really fun about that is kind of the behind the scenes is that a, as an author, you do get some say in the narrator. Oh, so you cool. get to do a blind audition to listen to some people. And so the the voices I hear in my head, I have to see a who, who matches right. the voice yeah. in my head for Imani mm. or Xander. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. I so um, yeah. I was really excited about that. And, and the audiobook... 
I highly recommend it. Um, Emma Love does Imani, and she's just so spot on with how, with with what she okay. does and okay. how she brings the characters to life, especially Gigi, which is like a secondary character, like the grandmother. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of a crazy grandmother character. Uh-huh. And also Max Lloyd Jones is the male narrator. Okay. And he's amazing. And he also did Drake in book one. Okay. And okay. I, I felt like he nailed Xander in book two. So he's up again oh, as cool. the male narrator. So it's a dual point of view book. So you yeah. get to hear, which I think is fun. I like mm-hmm. audiobooks that have two narrators yeah. when there's yeah. dual yeah. point of yeah, view. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it feel it makes it feel more like theater, you know. Yeah, it yeah. really feel mm-hmm. like uh, it's almost like an audio drama at that point. Right now, I know you're a planner, as we've established. <laughs> Are you thinking beyond book three? Like, what what do you got like twinkling around like the back of your mind there? Are you are you thinking? Do you are you thinking different genres? Are you thinking, you know, s- sticking with this? Like. Where, where are your thoughts right now? If we're allowed to know. Yes. Oh, oh, you're totally allowed to know. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I'd like to, I, I love, I kind of stumbled into rom-coms. My original, uh, when I got my agent, uh, we were originally submitting my YAs. So YAs mm-hmm. were, were what I was looking mm-hmm. to do, to, you know, to do first. And obviously prior to that, I wrote paranormal romances. So I've, yeah. I've, this is kind of genre number three that yeah. I'm, that I'm entertaining, yeah. but I've had a lot of fun doing rom-coms. So I kind of don't want to leave yeah. this world, but I mm-hmm. think I probably will bridge over from Wellsville into something else so I'm playing around with one of the secondary characters and I think that might be my bridge character to a maybe another series ah, okay. <laughs> another book of three which you know I, I might want to take a month and like think about it for a minute yeah. because when I sold my original series it was just based on book one and, mm-hmm. and then I was you know doing a lot of writing up synopsises and things yeah. like that. So I kind of want to plan this one out, being the planner that I am, plan this mm-hmm. one out a little bit more maybe. But um, I'd like to do another one. And I'm also working on a, um, a horror YA for my agent Ooh. as well. So another shift of yeah. genre. Oh, that's but, interesting. Um, yeah, so it's um, that's something that that I'm working on as well. Well, I feel like I see a lot of people reading horror YA right now. It's very so popular. It seems timely. Yeah. Yes. So Yeah. Okay. Well, Dylan, always great to talk to you. Thanks for coming back and chatting with us. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, we have the books here, or you can uh, you can get them at your local independent bookstore. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Dylan's going to be here on July 13th at 6 o'clock down in the auditorium, so you hope you'll uh, join us for that. We're in the midst of the summer reading program, so we've got lots of things going on for all ages. Allie, what's, your, what's the thing you're most excited about in the summer reading program? The thing I'm most excited about in the summer yeah, reading program? You like program? when I toss you questions that I don't prep you on? I absolutely do. <laughs> I don't know. There's a like there's a lot of fun stuff going on. I'm yeah. really excited about some of the crafts that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like later this month we've got like a you make like a jellyfish with like a little light in it. Yep. And you know, I love jellyfish and yeah. octopuses. I love ocean, so this is the perfect summer That's theme true. for we've, me. We've covered your love yes. of the octopus. So I am yeah. especially excited about that one. Yeah. That's exciting, yeah. And we're also starting our summer feeding program tomorrow on, on July 5th. That's going to start mm-hmm. where, um, you know, kids can just come to the library at lunch and get a free lunch. We're partnering with the school on that. So come on for the food, stay for the programs, have a good time here at the yeah, library this nice. summer. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of How's Things. We'll see you next time. Thank you.